So you're listening to Amandla. This is CKUT 90.3. And just a reminder that we have a website, which is ckut.ca slash Amandla. And uh, on uh, our website, you can find uh, our podcast links in iTunes and in any other um, program that you want to use to uh, podcast. And uh, you can also sign up and receive updates of whatever we post on our website. So uh, please go to our website, cqt.ca slash Amandla. And uh, now we'll talk about uh, Tunisia. Um, as some of you may have heard uh, in, in the past uh, few in the past week, uh, there's been a wave of protests all over Tunisia. Um, most of the big cities uh, and some some smaller cities have also been uh, seen a contingent of uh, demonstrators uh, demonstrating against the cost of uh, living. And up to uh, this week, there were about a thousand arrests that were that had been reported. Um, the Tunisian Revolution ju happened just about seven years ago. Uh, it was in January, so it's a bit also of uh, time for the anniversary of the revolution. Uh, at that time, Ben Ali, who had been the head of state for 24 years, was uh, forced into exile. And uh, his police state uh, was replaced by a new regime. Uh, since then, there have been demonstrations and uh, the, the wave of demonstrations that have been going on right now have been the initiative of several uh, popular groups and also unions uh, that are fighting the new law that came into effect at the beginning of January, which is the new law on finances, uh, which was passed in early December 2017, but uh, came into effect in January and raises the cost of some commodities inside the country. Um, so while the demonstrations uh, are uh, taking place, many observers of what's going on in Tunisia uh, are asking themselves questions about uh, what's going on after seven years of revolution. The two main parties in power, uh, which are uh, Nida Tunis, uh, sort of um, conservative uh, business party uh, with links to the old regime of uh, Ben Ali, and uh, the um, Muslim uh, party Enada, uh, are, are in a coalition sharing the, 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 the head of uh, politics inside the country. And uh, since then, uh, they have led to very little change for the population of Tunisia. And also, on another note, uh, at the moment of the, the, the revolution, the Tunisian debt represented about 41% of GDP, and it, is, it was calculated at 71% in 2017, meaning that 22% of the national budget in 2018 will be devoted, devoted to paying that debt to the IMF and other institutions. And uh, at the same time, the Tunisian dinar has lost uh, quite a bit of value, or probably about a fourth of its value over the past uh, two, three years. So to talk about the situation in Tunisia, uh, I uh, spoke earlier today with um, uh, Huda Mzudet, who is a researcher with the Carnegie Foundation. She's working on the democratic transition in Tunisia, and uh, she's also a journalist and an expert on Libya. So I asked her to talk to me about the uh, reasons for the demos uh, and explain why people are demonstrating. Here is Huda Mzudet. As... Uh a lot of uh, international media, but also even Tunisians and observers of Tunisia, uh, whether in Tunisia or abroad, have been saying that almost uh, January has become 
um, synonymous of, of uh, protest in Tunisia, and it's become like a tradition. Uh, in 1978, in 1984 with the bread riots, 2011, 2010 and 11, and 2016, it's become like a yeah a tradition for young Tunisians to protest uh, in in uh, in winter. So uh, it's something that it's part of how Tunisians, you know, uh, made this uh, this month of December the the, the month of protest, and uh, so it's not it's it's something that was expected and. Um, but this year, I think the protest has been slightly more violent than, than last year because of the passing of this unpopular um, finance law, uh, which has been rejected by a lot of parties, including um, uh, some, I mean, especially the, the leftist parties from uh, uh, Jabha Shabia, the, the popular front, and uh, even uh, from the... Um, the Utica, which is the Businessmen Association, uh, that it could hurt more uh, to m Tunisian middle class that is uh, already suffering from from budget cuts and um, and inflation in the country. So it's it's uh, it's a it's a big you know socioeconomic issue that is uh, affecting Tunisians. Um, the, I mean in their in their daily lives. Yeah. So so this uh, finance law was passed in December, and. Um, it actually started um, uh, being being valid uh, in in January, and yeah. so um, there was there was a call from unions and many leftist parties, as you said, to to demonstrate against it. Um, mm. But can you can you tell us um, what what is in this law? Does it affect the poor people? Because it it was unclear from what I read if uh, it affects really the cost of of basic uh, commodities in in Tunisia. Um, the law actually was passed in December, uh, early December, and um, and people have been demonstrating actually um, since early January. But um, there was a, a simmering tension ever since the law has been passed. Uh, but people not really demonstrating, so the demonstration haven't become you know widespread and violent until early January. Uh, especially with the with the with the, um, under the uh, um, you know with the, with the campaign that has uh, called for 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 um, for a nationwide demonstration from a common fashion standard what are waiting for um, and the law actually didn't um, affect of course yes the basic uh, uh, commodities included like you know uh, bread um, um, uh, cooking oil and um, and pasta in particular. But it, it, but it, um, there was a, um, there was an increase in almost every other uh, non-essential commodities, including, for example, internet, alcohol, um, and people. They saw that you know um, it was um, that the, the, the increase was was uh, was so big. I mean, um, quite important, and and, and it, it of course it affected not only the the working class and the middle class, but also even the the, the um, the more affluent uh, people, so uh, that makes it unpopular with uh, with with everyone. And so, um, without even even before that law, people that were seeing uh, uh, rising prices in everything, um, in in food, they would see it. Even so, that law kind of you know um, made things even worse when when they when uh, when uh, when they they they, uh, they in some ways they include. Um, uh, excluded, you know, basic commodities, but you know, um, uh, made, I mean, made uh, price hikes in in other non-essential commodities. Uh, 
And that, and it also comes at a very sensitive time, critical time, where uh, Tunisian dinar is, is is going down against, for example, the euro and the and the dollar, and uh, the inflation is, uh, is 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 rising, and uh, there was the budget deficit. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't actually the right time, you know, to uh, to pass this law. But people, uh, the parliamentarians, they were thinking. I mean, the government was thinking that maybe by 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 rising prices, you know, they would. Uh, reduced deficit but uh, it was just the opposite i mean i don't think you know that's it's it's, it's a, a question of um uh government uh, i mean government unfortunately uh being pushed you know by uh by international by uh, by financial institutions such as the imf to 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 you know to to actually make reforms but you know in the case of the reforms that they were ha they had to to make it was to uh to make uh these uh uh, uh, price hikes, you know, in uh, in almost everything, um, except of course for come up um, as, as I said, you know, the basic necessities. Yeah, uh, let's talk about the IMF exactly. Uh, when when uh, Ben Ali uh, left in two thousand eleven, um, I was reading that the 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 debt the, the debt to GDP was forty one percent of uh, sorry the, the debt was forty one percent of 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 GDP. And now the debt is seventy one percent, and that's a debt that's largely uh, due to uh, IMF policies that were imposed on uh, Tunisia. Um, yeah. So, uh, how how uh, present is the notion that uh, Tunisia is indebted and that the government is is putting pushing through uh, austerity measures uh, for for Tunisians? I would say. Well. Um, um I have to say that the government has been um, under the pressure, of course, of IMF, you know, to make reforms actually in 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 um, in, in in the way you know, the economy is run. But the problem is, uh, IMF is not only the it's not the only culprit in in the way in, in the in the way how things you know, have gotten worse over since 2011, especially with the budget deficit, but also with debt. The problem is there was there is almost no will. Well, not not strong, not strong will from the from from uh, from Tunisian government to, to make reforms, especially in the in the in the in the in the uh, in the public sectors. Um, I'm I'm, say, I'm saying reforms. I mean economic reforms, including um, uh, uh, you know the the, the uh, fighting, for example, um, uh, uh, contraband and uh, parallel economy. That's something that the government has never has been um, uh, hasn't been. Serious enough to you know to uh, to include reforms in 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 uh, in, uh, in in transparency in fighting corruption and so I'm not here I mean I'm more or less playing the, the devil's advocate for IMF but the problem is there was no no will again from the Tunisia to to the Tunisian government successive Tunisian governments since 2011 until today to make um, to make economic reforms and so IMF of course will have to you know uh, push for austerity you know. Uh, Especially when you uh, when you when you see that the governments and that I mean the current government uh, or the successive governments haven't been doing enough to um, to uh, uh, to stop you know uh, for, uh, you know the, the, the you know uh, the price hikes but also the the fallout of the dinar. I'm not a, an economist. I'm trying to understand sometimes what's going on when it comes you know to to, to these um, to the this very complex relationship between uh, uh, you know. Uh, 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 international institutions and Tunisia, but at the same time, 
Tunisia has been given a lot of, you know, money from different uh, countries, including the uh, G7 uh, from the EU, and it was supposed in the different governments that were supposed, you know, to have uh, made, you know, um, uh, uh, use that money, you know, whether in the form of uh, of uh, of, uh, uh, of donations or uh, or or loans. Oh, loans, you know, uh, the, with with small interest. Uh, but that was that was after after twenty twelve since two thousand and twelve. But the, those uh, that that money, you know, didn't go, you know, to 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 uh, to appease, for example, you know, uh, marginalized areas that were supposed to see more investment, uh, see um, and make reforms, you know, in in the in the Tunisian economy. So it it's um it's. You know, from both sides, I, th I think you know there's a respons shared responsibility of uh, of uh, of uh, the non the absence of political will to um, you know to to stop at least you know this uh, this economic uh, the, the the economic crisis from you know getting out of control. And it's unfortunately for 2018, it's, it is going to be, I think, the worst year for Tunisian economy because of the of the of the weakness again of the different successive governments and that's natural because when you when when you know it's a state i mean this is a country that has gone um social upheaval since 2011 and and it's it's it wasn't easy again for you know it's not easy again to to you know to to get to to get you know the economy back to back back to you know um you know uh, back to work and it's and i think it's, it's uh, it also affected you know even uh, neighboring countries like Algeria or Morocco, you know, they also you know have suffered from from a serious economic crisis there, and uh, they haven't gone through through uh, any of the Arab, I mean, didn't haven't gone through the Arab Spring. So, I mean, I I, I really I'm not sure if I answered your question, but I, I really can't can't really put the blame all the time on the IMF. Of course, they can be you know um, blamed for some you know for 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 pushing austerity measures, but the government, Tunisian government. Successive governments are are definitely very responsible for not uh, uh, doing enough to to make reforms because Ben Ali regime has never uh, has always you know sold the, um, uh, the 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 idea the idea I mean the, this idea that Tunisia was uh, economically doing very well but it was not you know it's uh, uh, it was a way to try to try and and um, and um, uh, um, to lie to the institutions that he was he was. Uh, Making you know Tunisia like this economic miracle in Africa when you know, when when figures you know were most a lot oftentimes they were uh, false I mean I mean manipulated by by the, by the regime in order to you know to stay in power. Mm -hmm. So uh, I want to ask you a few questions about uh, well the 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 regime that's in power now or at least the coalition <laughs> uh, uh -huh. the two the two parties so there's there's Nida Tunis and there's Inada and. Uh, I, I guess I would describe Nida Tunis as the a, a little bit like the businessman's uh, uh, traditional party, but maybe also with links to the old uh, old regime, mm -hmm. and uh, Enada, which is like the 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 regime that is uh, more uh, religious, uh, Muslim, but mm -hmm. moderate. Um, can can you tell me um, what I mean? It seems like the words stagnation and disillusionment are what comes up frequently when when you read about Tunisia um, can you tell me about is there, is there any do, do people have any hope about those parties bringing about any change anymore no unfortunately not like exactly like you know the previous uh, parties uh, I have to say you know sometimes it's, it's uh, 
uh, I think it's hard sometimes in, in the Arab world to to uh, to classify to categorize political parties, and including Tunisia, that Nida Tunis has always marketed itself as a liberal secular uh, secular uh, re, um, party. When it's not really, it's definitely it's probably more more secular than but uh, than 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 Nahda, which is conservative. But what makes what 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 makes you know Nida um, Tunis and Nahda you know come together in you know, this mariage de, de convenance is that they are uh, both you know um, conservative in the ways that they are traditionalist, uh, even though one is more much more traditional than the other. Um, and Nida uh, Tunis has is a mix of everything. Is a mix of of people from old regime. Uh, people with some traditional ideas, but also some secularists, you know, hardcore secularists. And uh, both of them, they are anti-left. And uh, they espouse, you know, liberal um, policies of, um, you know, in economy that, that makes them, you know, um, unfortunately not, you know, um, not, um, uh, I mean, they're not the type of, you know, um, coalition that uh, uh, Tunisia is from, especially from the marginalized areas, they would think that they would alleviate their their, their economic hardships, and uh, they are becoming more and more popular and popular. Sorry, every day, uh, ever since they decided that they were going to uh, to make this coalition in 2014, um, that angered you know not only Nida uh, Tunis supported us also another that you know that um, you cannot have a coalition with with uh, with uh, with your uh, uh, with your enemy, I mean, uh, the logical enemy. Um, and, but we see, you know, that such, you know, coalitions happened in countries like, you know, Italy and Spain, especially after the fall of uh, the Franco regime. Uh, but, but again, it's, uh, uh, I think, uh, probably with the next elections in, in May, the municipal elections, uh, we might uh, expect, you know, some um, surprises that they might be um, um, sanctioned for for uh, for how they made things, you know, uh, even worse for uh, for, for for average Tunisians, especially when it comes to their socio-economic conditions. Uh-huh. Uh, what 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 do you think will happen in the next uh, year or two years in Tunisia? Well, for this year, two thousand and eighteen, unfortunately, uh, um, uh, predictions are say that you know it's going to be the worst year in Tunisia since two thousand and eleven. Well, these are just predictions. I mean, we never know. Uh, Prime Minister Issa Shahed he told Tunisians you know to be um, slightly, um, you know, to, uh, to, to be, to make some painful sacrifices uh, for this year because uh, this is going to be the toughest year. And uh, he said after maybe this year, I mean, 2019 is going to be a better year. This is why the, he, he was defending his austerity measures, you know, as something only temporary. But again, uh, I'm not very optimistic uh, that this year is going to be any better. Uh, than uh, its previous uh, than the previous year because of because of uh, the um, the again this this uh, this unpopular bill uh, will will unfortunately um, um, uh, exacerbate the anger social tensions uh, for the time being I mean ten, I mean protests have uh, have almost you know ended but you never know things might uh, get out of control in the next few days or even months and and so. Uh, I really don't see any solutions right now. Um, it's um, but everything is possible again. I mean, if the government, the government has a few days ago they they, they tried to probably put more money. I mean, into uh, uh, poor Tunisian families. You know, 
um, in order to suck in the anger of people, but that's not enough. I think what what the people are are, are waiting for that it's, it's a total scrap of this uh, of this law that is hurting um, uh, a majority of Tunisians. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, to conclude, uh, so the demonstrations are still going on. Uh, there's been uh, a thousand, pr- uh, close to a south thousand arrests. What what do you think is going to happen to the demonstrations now? Do you think they are going to die down? Well, the protests have died down actually since uh, for for the last maybe couple of days. But the problem is there are uh, the there there's still the similar anger which always is um, the best catalyst, you know, for people, you know, to for for for, for people, you know, to uh, to come to come to come to the streets again. Um, you know, most of the uh, protests, you know, are. Uh, especially the ones that will never die down are, are, are located in marginalized areas, especially in the hinterland like uh, Sidi Bouzid, the Gasrin, and Qairam, and these are the, the, the poorest regions of the country. Uh, the issue becomes more serious when it becomes nationwide like it happened, you know, uh, since last week. But for the time being, uh, everything is possible. I really can't say anything, like, you know, if if, uh, if things can get uh, worse or better when it comes uh, to um, to the resumption of, the, of, of these protests because uh, as long as maybe if the government hopefully that is smart enough to 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 try and make more concessions to the to the protesters maybe um, these these protests will die down but uh, I don't see it happening unfortunately so it's uh, it's a deadlock right now okay uh, Huda thank you so much for this interview <laughs>